Hi, hi, it's Renee with the Nadiculous Podcast. As you might know, we're in the pre-episodes right now leading up to our third season drop on October 1st. The pre-episodes are a catch-up between the last time we recorded and now, because quite a bit has happened. Um, So catching up, uh, the last episode was on just kind of the evolution of Nadiculous, and this is actually where we go into our chronological catch-up. So we last recorded with Vanessa in January, um, like about the 20th of January, and then something super life-changing happened um, at the end of January, and that's that Kobe Bryant died. Um, I know that that might not be a huge thing for a lot of people, but for me, it was a huge, huge thing. Um, one, I am a pretty big Waker fan, have been since I was little. It is one of the things that my father and I shared and was one of the only things that I have positive memories about with my dad is watching Magic Johnson play Larry Bird, um, following the Lakers and all of that. And I remember just being such a diehard Kobe fan. Um, and when he got signed to the NBA, being very close in age to him and um, feeling just like he was going to change the Laker brand, which he totally did. And um, the reason why Kobe's death affected me in a way that was super impactful was not just because it's like, oh, I was a Laker fan, but I think it was because he seemed superhuman. You know, um, he seemed like, I think, what was it, his last game, like 88 points, and um, just seemed like, he could fly and nothing was ever impossible for him. He always had hope. Um, even in the last minutes, they could be down 12 points and he could still feel like he could win the game. And so it was a really, um, I found out I was at a friend's exhibit friends like the show. There was, there's one, there was one in San Francisco where there was like, you could walk through the apartment and do all those things. And I was with some girlfriends out there and, um, saw it on TMZ because who doesn't look at TMZ religiously, right? And so, and was like, this can't be true. This can't be real. And thought, okay, they probably have it wrong. Maybe he's not on the plane. Um, And I think even more heartbreaking was his daughter was on the plane. There was other people on the plane. And it totally, I felt so bad for my girlfriends that were with me because I was really just shocked. And, um, And it was really, like, kind of heavily affected, you know? And I just thinking he just had kids. He was just starting to, like, he just had some, like, two small little kids. He has some grown kids, obviously, uh, but these small babies that his wife had. And they seemed like they were in this really good space. And um, there's something about that. And we'll we'll talk about this in the Chadwick Boseman episode that we have coming up later on. But there's something about someone being in their prime and at the kind of the sweetest spot of their life. And them losing their life. I mean, I don't necessarily know if there's a if there is an easier way to die. I think all ways of dying are difficult. Um, but it is the like didn't get to say goodbye, and when you hear all the stories about him and the things he did in his last days, and um, and even as the plane was going down, and why he chose to fly helicopters because it gave him more time and. There was all of these things he had done in his life to give him more time. And then in the end, he didn't have that time. And 
the alignment I see between Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman is here are these men that did these things that were kind of unseen. Like they, they were, they were visiting hospitals and they were doing all of this philanthropic stuff and didn't want really any shine and how the goodness of a person is important. And, um, I just was like super affected by that. And I truly feel, I believe the meme that says, um, when Kobe died, the whole entire, he was holding the world together because things haven't been the same since Kobe's died. Um, so, so yeah, so definitely was extremely heartbreaking. Definitely learned a lot there. Um, learned a lot just about, um, women basketball players too. And just all of the things that were said about Kobe loving being a girl dad and him wanting to make changes in the WNBA and, um, seeing all of the tributes and, um, and all of that. And, It was just really, um, I feel like I can liken it to when like Heath Ledger died, where it was like, hey, that person's my age. What in the world is happening and how it really affected me? And in this situation, it was like, even until the end, until they found his body, I really was like, is he dead for real? Um, And so I, I cried for like a week. No joke. Like I cried for a week. Every Laker fan I knew was checking on each other. And it was really like, I wore my Laker jacket all week. It was just too many things. I just, I really, and I thought, I think some people really were like, are you okay? Um, But I really did. I felt that loss deeply, like, to the point where when I watched the funeral, I had um, eyelash extensions on and I cried my eyelash extensions off. It's crazy. Um, Also, um, kind of going from January into February, February is always kind of a fun month in my life because it's Valentine's Day and I love Valentine's Day. I love love in general. Like I just, um, and I think the world will make you want to think about romantic love and how Valentine's Day is between lovers. Um, but I love the celebration of love. I, um, what I've done for years because I have never had a Valentine. I'm 41 years old. I've never been in a relationship during that one time was in a relationship during Valentine's Day um, in the history of my life. I always just happen to be single or not dating anybody or which is being single or like not in a committed relationship where you don't really necessarily want someone to be committed to doing a Valentine's with you. If you're not like if you're just in the discovery stages, it seems like a lot of commitment. Um, and so I do a thing every year called Palantine's. Um, where all of my friends get together and, or whoever's single and wants to get together, we have dinner and, and we have a good time. And so, so there was that also in that end of January, I really committed to eating low carb, which was, um, a big thing for me. Um, what actually happened was at my, when I sprained my MCL, um, in April of last year, I fell down some stairs and, and really messed up my knee, um, I really, I've always been bigger, right? I've never been like a small woman. Like, um, I've always been bigger, but I've always been pretty mobile, agile, like pretty like active. Um, and I think with my knee going completely out and I've had to really feel my weight on one leg, it was really difficult. Um, I think it was my birthday last year where I was like, oh, I don't not really love in the way I look right now. Like, this is just not... Uh, this is not my best look right now. And it's not the heaviest I've ever been. I've been heavier, 
Um, but it was just the way I was carrying my weight and the way I was feeling didn't feel good. Um, I also started a new job in August of last year and, um, that job job was way more active. I was doing a lot more walking. And so feeling the, like my knee not working was really hard. Um, and I remember kind of at the end of Christmas saying like, all right, get it all in now. Um, in January, you're going to make some changes. Um, and I started, um, I read a book on our way to, we went to Disney last year, Christmas. And, um, I read a book on the plane there called dirty lazy keto. Um, I don't know how I found it. I just know that I did. Um, and the book was about how to eat keto, which I had heard about keto before. My girlfriend, Allie, uh, had got, had quite a bit of success on keto. And so told me all about it, um, and tried it, but we really kind of didn't understand it. It's a really kind of a complicated little diet because you have to know macros, micros, all this stuff. If you do it like real traditional keto and a lot of people do intermittent fasting and all of this stuff. And I was, I'm the kind of person that if I get overwhelmed by something, um, one of my fatal flaws is I completely detach. Like if I feel like I can't understand something, I shut down and I'm really trying to work on that. And so, um, I tried it, didn't really understand it. It was kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And then I read this book, um, dirty, lazy keto by Stephanie Lasko. Um, and it was free on Amazon and read through it. And she really made it very easy to understand. Like, here's what people do on keto. They eat under 25 gram net carbs. I don't measure. I mean, some people will say that you should measure. I don't measure. Um, she said, I don't measure. And I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to measure whatever makes it more complicated is not my jam. Whatever is just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. It's kind of my thing. And so she gave kind of like little things about like, this is what keto is. This is what low carb is. Keto's under 25 gram net carbs, which is generally where I'm at. Um, but I felt more comfortable doing like dirty low carb, which is dirty means that um, I use sweetener, I use like almond flour and I use like keto substitutes. Um, I basically, my goal is to always be under a certain net carb. Um, and I remember sitting, um, and I have a little chair in my room and I remember sitting in the chair and really talking to God and being like, Hey, like this really feels impossible. Like feels impossible that I'm going to get to a goal weight and, um, this really feels kind of far away. And, um, I wrote down like, okay, I'm going to try this for 30 days, which it, if you know anything about stories I've told, that's generally a modus operandi that works for me. Like if I'm going to say like, it's something about being noncommittal and just being like, I'm going to give it my all for 30 days and see if I could do it. It's what I did when I got saved. Um, it's like, I'm going to try it. And if it works great, if it doesn't, at least I could say I tried. And so I sat and came up with a plan and was like, these are the things I'm going to commit to myself. I'm really going to commit to doing this for 30 days with no cheats. I'm going to really um, learn how to cook. I'm going to learn how to do things. My sister had had some um, some real good success on keto as well. And, um, and so she had kind of known some things also. And so I, um, I was like, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy what I need to buy. 
um, which was like chicken, bacon, eggs, some spinach. Um, and at the time I was working in the office and so I was able to get, um, like greens from work and, and all that. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And, um, and my commitment was, I'm not going to cheat for the whole month of January. And I'm also, um, going to work out three days a week. It doesn't have to be anything specific, but I'm going to move my body three days a week. Um, I wasn't like committed to like a cardio count or a calorie deficit or anything like that. I'm just going to try it and drink some water and do that. And, um, it has not been easy. And so I, right now I'm at like the first set of milestones, the second set of milestones that I've given myself. Um, if you want to DM me at Renee Sagan, I can tell you what the total is. Um, but I also don't want people listening to this podcast as somebody that has had an eating disorder myself. I don't want anyone to focus too much on weight loss, but more like how you feel about yourself. Um, for me, it was learning how to cook and learning how to prepare myself for the day and um, really realizing and having a moment of speaking to myself and being like, you know what, you lead a lot in reaction to life. And this is your opportunity to be proactive and say, these are my boundaries. I'm not eating carbs or sugar and I'm going to learn how to work within that. And I'm going to be committed to myself to do that. And so, um, I did those things and, um, have really had some great success. I've had some success even in the inflammation of my body. Um, let me also say I am not a doctor. I am not Um, I don't know what will work for you and it's possible that keto won't work for you or low carb won't work for you, but it's worked for me. And, um, and I've had a lot of how I feel right now is really based on the fact that not that I feel like I look better, which is, is partly that, like, I feel like I can buy different clothes and, and do that thing. But I also think it has a level to do with when you put yourself first and you hold yourself at that value, you carry yourself differently and say like, oh, these are the boundaries I have for myself and I feel good about this and I have really felt good. Um, the interesting thing about weight loss, especially when you have so much weight to lose like I do, um, meaning, and I put that in reference to, I would like to lose easily almost like 90 pounds um, and my goal is to get to shop straight size. I don't, I've never shopped straight size in my adult life in the history of my life. I've always been on the bigger side. Um, and this was like pre plus clothing. And I, my goal is to be able to, to walk into Macy's and buy something, um, in the straight size, which straight size, if you're not familiar is that I think most people go up to size 12 or 14. And I have always been out of range of that. Even when I was at my smallest, like even when I was in the middle of, um, a bulimic eating disorder and I was not eating and, and things like that. Even at my smallest, I was never straight sized. And so, um, that's my goal right now. I mean, I'll see what my body does right now. My body is naturally just shedding the weight that it wants to lose. And so I am letting it do that. Um, I have, um, so, so that's, those were some major things that happened during that time. And really towards the end of February, we started hearing like, Hey, like there's going to be there's a pandemic in Wuhan and we have no clue what's going on and we have no clue how to, um, there was just like hints of it. And I think everybody thought like, it's going to be like the flu, no big deal. Um, and truth be told, I did not think it was a big deal. I actually thought everybody was overreacting. Um, I remember being like, it'll be fine. Everybody just calm down, which is 
never listened to me in, in, in times like that. I was just like, you know what? People are overreacting. They're tripping. Um, I'm just going to keep doing me. We're going to go to work tomorrow. It'll be fine. Um, and then like right into March, um, it started getting real, real. Like we can't, we can't control this thing. And I remember maybe the second week of March being like, "Mm, maybe I should buy some toilet paper, you know? And it's so weird. Like, um, it was such a weird time to be who I am because, um, I think it's in moments like that where my faith and my practicality really like fight and war. Um, and so I really didn't know any different. And so, um, I remember the moment it switched and I was like, Oh shoot, this is a really real thing. We very well may be quarantined to our houses and I don't even know what that looks like. And, um, and so that brings us to about like, so all of February was pretty like steady Eddie. And then towards the end, like a lot of that panic started to rise up and like, what does this mean for me? Um, how do I thrive here? Um, and learning all of that. Um, I would say thematically, one of the things that I would say in regards to this specific pre-episode is, uh, the time is now. And if you're, if you're waiting for a message on this episode, I would say it's that like the time is now. I think I've learned that from Kobe Bryant is that, um, when he was making, um, unpopular decisions and when he was acting in unpopular ways, um, here was a guy who knew that like you strike, you strike when the island's, while the iron's hot and nobody knows the day or the hour. And I'm thankful he did. I mean, legendary, the things that he's done because he didn't care what people thought. And, um, I could learn a lot from that. I, I often care too much. I, I carry a level of anxiety in, um, something I might've said or might've done. If, if you're not responding to me, I wonder like, did I say something? Did I do something? I'm constantly wondering about people's feelings and if they're okay. And, um, I sometimes don't speak up because I'm afraid of how I will come across. Um, a lot of times, like my natural inclination is to be very just upfront and direct, but I have found that's been really hurtful to people sometimes. And instead of just working on how I deliver, I just have shied away from it altogether. Um, also being in a new situation, especially at work has been interesting because, um, I have, when you work at a job for a really long time, which I did, um, there was a lot of, um, known factors about me. And so when I started a new job at the end of last year, I had to figure out if those known factors were just inherited or if that was who I really was, it was an opportunity for me to remake and reapply the things that I know myself to be in a new environment and not snap back to old habits. And so, um, I think when it's uncomfortable like that, it's easier just to be like, okay, I'm going to step back real quick, warm up and then come in, which is my general vibe. If you've ever seen me in a social situation where there's a lot of new people, I always tell people like, give me a minute to warm up. I'm really bad at first impressions. Um, I'll tell anybody that, that, um, a lot of times I'm like scanning a room, looking around. Um, I'm super sensitive to energy. Um, I'm mindful of like, I don't come across warm in the beginning unless I'm putting it on, um, which sometimes I do. I sometimes put it on to make everybody feel comfortable. But again, that's for everybody and not for me. Right. Um, 
I need to figure out going into situations, me just being transparent, what will make me comfortable so I don't come off aloof. Um, I haven't found that yet. And I have to accept if I, I may not. I may never find that. I, I'm, I'm trying very hard. Um, but and when I say I'm trying very, very hard, I, I'm constantly making myself aware of my weaknesses so I know um, what can make me thrive in new situations. Um, in general, if I'm giving a talk, if I'm the keynote, if I'm a teacher at something or I have a role, I'm pretty okay because I know exactly what my rules of engagement are. It's when things are like speed dating or um, like a networking event where you're like meeting new people and it's a lot of um, shallow conversations like, what's your name? How are you? Um, what do you do for a living? What do you, what's your title? Where are you from? Um, a lot of that just stuff seems real menial to me. And I love to get real deep real fast. Like, what do you like? What what matters to you? What is this? And um, and a lot of times they don't care about that at Mixers. And so I would say if I was to give this podcast um, an overarching theme, it would be strike while the iron's hot and the time is now. Um, I am glad that I took the lead of myself and said, I'm going to make a change in my health. And I committed that to myself because... I have in the past put that off and been like, okay, maybe later, maybe later. Well, today's my birthday or um, it's this special day and, um, well, I don't feel like it and I'll have cake. Um, but in committing to that, I am now reaping the benefits of that now um, because I think what I've learned is first you get committed, then you get consistent, and then you see fruit. And so you don't necessarily, like, especially like the first week of a new diet or like a new way of eating, you, you feel like you've changed, but nobody has seen it. Nobody, and even your clothes don't see it. Um, you may see a little bit on the scale, but usually people don't notice um, a change in your appearance until you've lost 10% of your body weight, which is like if you're bigger, 20, 30 pounds, and that takes a minute. Like the natural inclination of, of losing weight is generally two to three pounds a week. Um, and you know, some of, some of the sites, if you, if you're careful and you, you have to be careful not to compare because some people are losing like six or seven pounds a, a week and they're doing super unhealthy stuff. For me, I'm all about slow and steady, no spaghetti. I, um, I'll take a two to three pound a week deficit every week, um, because that will be the equivalent of 52 pounds and that's still a lot of weight, you know, um, that's about what I could probably lift at the gym. If the gym was open. And so, um, so I guess if you're listening to this, what I'm saying is whatever the thing is that you want to do, whether it's write a book, whether it's pick up a new hobby, whether it's, um, I want to learn a new language or I really want to forgive that person I've been holding on to. Um, I just want to encourage you that the time is now that learn from Kobe and keto. The time's now. There's, um, what are you putting it off for? That's the real question. And, and if we're going to real, really have an honest conversation, that's what you need to ask yourself. Like, what are you putting it off for? What is the benefit of putting it off? Like, how does that help you um, outside of just you wanting to be committed? And so my prayer for you today is that um, you make a commitment to whatever it is that you want to do. I mean, first, make sure that's realistic. Like, whatever you're committing yourself to is, is realistic and in line with who you're supposed to be. Like, you can't say you want to see yourself as a different person next year, but still do, be doing the same thing, right? So make a commitment to something, create a plan, be consistent with that plan, and then 
wait for the fruit. I wish I had a fourth C that seemed like it would really fit in there, but I don't know what it is. If you know, um, feel free to email me, DM me or do any of that stuff. So create a plan. What is it? (laughs) Make a commitment, create a plan, be consistent, see change. Look at that. I did it. Look at that is years of Bible college and preaching that I can figure out before bullets. You just got to give me some time to massage it. So one more time for the people in back, if you're going to say it to yourself is make a commitment, create a plan, be consistent, see change. And that usually like, I mean, being fair to yourself, that usually takes four to six weeks to really see. Um, there's a reason why you go to rehab for 28 days, you know? And so just give yourself that time and space and be graceful with yourself. That was a thing that, um, I also said to myself is one of the reasons why I've fallen off before has been because I don't know how to show myself grace and be like, all right, Renee, you fell off, but you're going to get back up in the past. I've fallen off and just been like, run me over with a cement truck. But, um, one of the things that I made in my, my book of commitment to myself was, um, I promised myself first and I promised that if I fall off, I will get right back on. And that's part of being committed to consistency. Right. And so, um, and that's, what's really worked for me. Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily a hundred percent low carb or keto. I generally have some commercial breaks in the middle. Um, but I would probably say I'm 90, 10, like 90% of the time I'm eating within my macros and, um, 10% of the time I'm eating cake and life's about balance because, because the time is now, I'm not going to give up, like, leche flan or, like, condensed milk, which is not what I'm going to do. Because, um, you know, life's too short. Eat the cake. Eat the cake anime. That is your pre-episode. We've caught up. We're into March. On the next episode, we talk about coronavirus and working from home. Um, again, this is the Nadiculous Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, If you want to follow us on social, you can follow me at Renee Sagan on Instagram um, and Twitter, as well as Renee P. Sagan on Facebook. You can also like the Nadiculous page on Facebook, and you can also find us at nadiculous.com. If you want to be on the show, have an idea for the show, or have a different set of four bullet points you'd like to suggest for this podcast, for this specific podcast, Kobe and Keto, feel free to email me send a carrier pigeon, do anything that you want. Um, write a review, I guess, if you want. I, people always say that on podcasts. I don't know what the benefit of having a review is, but if you want to write a review, do that too. Um, I'll put all of the information that I talked about in the, um, in the show notes, um, a link to the Dirty Lazy Keto website, as well as um, some links to um, Mamba Mamba Sita Foundation and Kobe Bryant. Um, I love you guys for real. Um, make time to do for yourself the thing that you've always wanted to do. I believe in you. Have faith in you. I know you can do it.